Hey, this is Travis Bennett, the pastor here at Arena of Life Church, and I just want to welcome you to our podcast. I pray this builds your faith, encourages you, and brings you to newer levels in Christ. Enjoy the message. Thank you for being here tonight. Oh, you bet. Glad I could. We're glad we can uh, stand in the gap a little bit for our pastors that are on a most well-needed, I'm sure, uh, vacation time during spring break. I pray that they're, uh, we're, and we pray for them, you know, we pray that they have a, they're having a great time and getting refreshed, rejuvenated, restored, uh, uh, anointed, whatever it takes, Father. Uh, we just pray for them to have that, and we thank you for it. So I did, and so I'm glad to be here to, to do this uh, lesson two of his uh, series. He's got this Bible school we've got, he's called the Big Six which is building the foundations of, uh, of the Word of God. And I wasn't here the first session, so I, but I did listen to it online. And uh, very good, very good. So you're going to get some great stuff tonight. Uh, before I start, though, I want to make a, before I forget, I want to make an announcement. Now, we start at 7 o'clock, right? Well, next week, we're going to start Bible school at 6.30, start changing the time. It's a change in time, so we'll be meeting here at 6.30, start at 6.30 sharp, So, and then uh, you'll be able to sign, if you have children or whatever, kids can be uh, signed in at start at 6 o'clock. But anyway, just want to remind you, don't show up at 7 o'clock or you'll be halfway, we'll be already halfway done, and <laughs> you'll miss half of it. You don't want to do that. All right? Well, let's get into this. And I want to start by reading uh, the, the foundation scriptures for this, uh, the big six, uh, that uh, Pastor Travis is be, uh, basing this teaching off of. So let's just, just start with uh, Hebrews 5, 12 through 14. Uh, verse 12 says, for when for, the time ye, for when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. Verse 13 says, for everyone that uses milk is unskillful, in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. And then the other scripture is Hebrews 6, chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on, go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works, and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, and the laying on of hands, and of the resurrection of, of the dead, and of eternal judgment. That's the big six right there in one in, in two scriptures right there. So that's what we're that's what we're headed for, and what's what this uh, Bible school is going to be all about. So here's a quick recap of what uh, happened last week. It looks to me that Hebrew believers were were stuck spiritually at a time when they should have already been very advanced. They needed to be taught the ABCs of their Christian faith all over again. Just being older in the Lord doesn't necessarily make you spiritually mature. In other words, you can be in church for 40 years, but there might be you may not be as mature as you need to be. It's not sitting in there. Just because you, just because you sit in a chicken pen doesn't make you a chicken, right? Or it doesn't make you a mature chicken either. <laughs> Hebrew believers had a spiritual problem. They were saved, but they didn't know the fundamental truths of Scripture they needed to build their lives upon. This is what happens when Christians don't know the Bible. They have no foundation to stand on. These rudimentary 
principles of the word are essential in order for them to mature and to be able to walk out God's plan for their lives as a spiritual adult. We are among those, we are to be among those who say, I am so committed to the successful outcome of the spiritual race before me that I am diligently working on removing every hindrance from my life. That's what we, that's what we should be saying to ourselves. We want to get rid of those spiritual hindrances and move on and uh, finish the race that we're, we're going into. So let's start with uh, the subtitle of our foundation. So last week, we mentioned that in the middle of Ephesus was a great Celsus library. It was one of the largest libraries in the world in the first century when the Apostle Paul was ministering there. The biggest library of, the, of all was in Alexandria. The second largest was in Pergamum. And the third largest library in the world at that time was the one in Ephesus. I might have said it was the largest uh, through further research. I realized I was wrong. Please forgive me. This Pastor Travis wrote this. So <laughs> please forgive him. I forgive him. People came from all over Asia to learn in this incredible place of higher education. At this particular time in history, the entire city of Ephesus was celebrated as a center of education and learning. In fact, as mentioned earlier, it was called the Light of Asia for that reason. It was believed that whatever was taught and promoted in Ephesus would eventually travel on all the roads from Ephesus into the very farthest parts of the province. So the city served as the starting place for education and enlightenment to spread all over Asia. The natural advantages of Ephesus' strategic positioning were, repl were replicated in the spiritual realm as the Apostle Paul carried out his assignment to establish the church in Asia. So we have talked about this in our early uh, morning Facebook talks, Pastor Travis. As, as we saw last week, Paul taught morning and afternoon just a few steps away from the Celsus Library in what was called the School of Tyrannus. He, we see it clearly in Acts 19, uh, verses 9 through 10. This is Paul speaking, but when some were, or actually, uh, I think Luke wrote the, the book of Acts, so when, but someone were hardened and did not believe, but spoke evil of the way before the multitude, he departed from them and withdrew the disciples, reasoning daily in the school of Tyrannus. And this uh, continued for two years, so that all who dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. For more than two years, the Apostle Paul taught the principles of the Word of God to all those who came to hear. Paul knew how vital it was for people to be established on the foundation of God's Word. Don't you think it's important to be established on the foundation of God's Word? Aren't you glad we got a church that, that has a desire to teach people the Word of God and have Bible schools like this? I am. This is great. And that this foundational knowledge would then spread from the main roads leading from Ephesus to the farthest reaches of the ancient province of Asia. What do you think drove Paul to teach the word day after day after day during that time? I believe this. He knew that each believer's spiritual foundation needed to be built strong and stable. We under, he understood the mandate of, on every believer's life to study to show himself approved by God, a workman that needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You can find that in 2 Timothy 2.15. And he knew that as, as he taught the word and established a strong foundation in believers who came to learn from him in Ephesus, the truth in that word would travel the roads of Asia and spread throughout the region to transform lives everywhere by the power of Jesus Christ. So let's go on. 
Paul's conviction concerning the necessity of establishing a strong foundation of the word in believers' lives should be our rock-solid conviction too. We have already seen how important it is uh, that we know the basic fundamental doctrines that establish what we believe. In fact, like we saw last week, the writer of Hebrews was concerned that his readers didn't know, didn't really know what the Bible taught regarding some of the very basic issues of the Christian faith. Christians or believers who failed to learn these fundamental truths of the Christian faith often face struggles down the road as a result of the false ways of thinking that in turn result in wrong decision making. How many of you know that is true fact right there? If you don't get the good foundation, if you don't get the good teaching, I mean, you can go and, I mean, you can, I had a guy I worked with one time, great guy, I, I loved him. Uh, and I, I with, this was when we lived in Uvalde, South Texas. And I asked him one time, I said, uh, why don't you come to church and visit church with us sometime? You'd, you'd like it. I believe you'd like it. And he told me, he said, oh, I know God. He said, I know I can, I can get close to God. Just I can go out here behind this big rock out here and be close to God as you guys can be right there, you know. Well, you know, that's just not true, right? Iron sharpens iron. It's, it's the part, it's the problem. It's, you know, just like uh, Pastor Michelle has said this morning in her uh, teaching doing the, the morning uh, prayer time, she's, you know, you, you got to um, uh, do not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. That's what it's all about, you know. We're learning from each other. So, anyway, I'll get, I got off on a rabbit trail here, so. So, in fact, as we, like we saw last week, the writers of Hebrews were concerned that his readers didn't really know what the Bible taught regarding some of the very basic issues of the Christian faith. Okay, I'm, I read that, so let, let's go. Many twists and turns in the road they encountered would have been easily avoided if they had just been exercised by the truth of these elementary doctrines and applied themselves at an early sta earlier stage of their walk with God. These basic spiritual truths would have become part of their internal makeup and their way of life enabling them to make wise decisions and better overcome the challenges and difficulties that arise just by living in this fallen world. But because they never took the time to learn the basics, these believers are still sitting in a spiritual beginner's class, and more than likely, they don't even know it. Let's pick up here in uh, Hebrews 6, verses uh, 1 and 2, where the thought continues from chapter 5, and we will take the discussion even further. So let's read Hebrews 6, 1 and 2 again. It says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrines of Christ, of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on into perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, and of the laying on of hands, and of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. These are the starting points, the ABCs of the Christian life, and the Holy Spirit tells us what our position should be regarding them, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. And you know, look at that. If you look at that again, that scripture says, Paul writes this, or the, I say, the, I'm going to say the writer, whoever the writer is. I'm kind of like Pastor Travis. I believe that, I believe strongly that it leans toward Paul, but it doesn't specifically say. But he says, let us go unto perfection. You know, he's talking about, he said, it's not, he didn't say, let y'all go on to perfection. He said, let us. That means if one of us, he needs it as bad as everyone else, let us go on to perfection leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ. So the, le the word leaving in this verse is from the Greek word aphiemi, which means to leave it or to let it go. It does not refer to the abandonment of the truth, but rather the realization that maturity 
requires pressing upward to the next level after one has established himself or herself as a sol- on a solid foundation of fundamental principles. The use of this word indicates God's desire for believers to grow and move on to the deeper truths of faith. It's just like in school. You don't want to stay in first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade. You want to be promoted, right? That's why we, that's why we do this. That's why we're talking about these things. This foundational beginning is not a stopping point. It is truly only the beginning. This is the reason the writer of Hebrews continues by, continued by saying we must go on unto perfection. The words go on are from the word pharaoh, which means to carry or to bear. But the tense used in this verse paints the picture of a force that carries one onward or a force that bears one another or one further. It could literally be translated, let us be carried, and it carries the idea that as we grow spiritually, the Holy Spirit picks us up and personally carries us forward in our knowledge and understanding of God. Have you ever had that experience where you've, where you've gone to a school and, or maybe you've read a verse or a scripture a hundred times and then all of a sudden one time you read it and at, all, it, at, at that moment it applies to you uh, for, that, for a particular situation that's happened in your life. I believe that's where that's similar to what he's talking about here is it's something that carries you, moving you forward because now he's, he's, uh, the Holy Spirit is carrying you because he's, he's encouraging you and he's building you up in there and that scripture is edifying you and you're moving forward. The Holy Spirit picks us up and personally carries us forward in our knowledge and understanding of God. That's, that's, the, that's, why we have, that's why it's so great to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It's so great to have the Spirit of God living within us and we can turn to him. Where is the Holy Spirit carrying us? Hebrews 6.1 tells us that he is carrying us forward, uh, carrying us toward perfection. The word perfection is the Greek word teleotis, which refers to a child graduating from one class to the next until he finally reaches maturity. This means that until we meet Jesus face to face in heaven, there is no end to our spiritual growth. Yep, we'll, we'll be in school for our, the rest of our flesh life here in this, in this place. We'll be learning, and we should be. We always need to be learning and, and growing in our spiritual growth. But please remember, you can't go on to the next, gra- next grade until you pass kindergarten. You have to understand the basic fundamentals before you can go on to the more profound and deep truths of God. Only then, uh, when the basics are established in your life, will you be able to advance. You can't stay in elementary school forever, even though you'd like to. It's time to promote to middle school. It's time to promote to high school. It's time to stretch yourself and get yourself out of that uh, class. You've got to do it. You may not want to. Some they may have to carry you out screaming like a banshee, you know, to get you to the next class. I don't want to leave. That's where some people are like. It's time to move on. Let's lay the foundation. The writer goes on in Hebrews 6, not laying again uh, the foundation of repentance from dead works. The phrase not laying again comes from the Greek word katabalo, which is a compound of the words kata and balo. The word kata means down and balo means to throw. When these words Two words are compounded. The new word means to lay something down. And literally, if you look it up in the, in the Greek, it's, it says to cast down. But what it means is you're laying something down. You're, you're laying something down like the foundation, like we're talking about. The use of the word katabalo in Hebrews 6.1 tells us that the elementary principles of the Christian faith 
should be laid down in our lives like a strong, immovable foundation as soon as we come to Christ. And once the foundation is firmly set in place, there should never be any need for it to be laid down again. The, writers of Hebrew, the writer of Hebrews goes on to say that these elementary principles are the foundation of the Christian life. He began by saying the foundation of repentance from dead works. This word foundation comes from the Greek word uh, themelios. It is early combination, it's early combination of the Greek word lithos, which means stone, and the word tithemai, which uh, means to place. When these root words are combined, the new compound word says something that is set in stone, a foundation that cannot be easily moved, a foundation that cannot easily be moved or shaken, or something so solid that it will test, it will endure the test of time. Taken together, these words, these different examples of meaning uh, are the reason that the word themelios came to be translated as the word foundation. What did Jesus say when he, in his, uh, in his uh, discussion about building, building on the rock versus the sand? Remember, and you can look it up. Look, write this down, Luke 6, 48. But look on there. But you're laying a foundation on the rock. That's what he said. You know, I say these things to you so that you'll lay your foundation on a rock and not on sand because the rock is the solid foundation. Look, go back and look at that when you get a chance because that, that kind of helps you to understand uh, what, uh, what he's talking about there. And that same word, when it says, he says that, he says lay, lay, a, lay a foundation on the rock is the same word, uh, themelios, as what Paul is using in the, or the writer in Hebrews is using in this particular instance. And al although I was not here in the beginning of the building process of the arena of life, that you're currently sitting in, I do not know, I do know a little bit of what happened. I can say I witnessed the add-on to the building and have experienced other buildings being built. One thing that I know for certain is that you have to correct the soil before you begin to build. By digging and laying a firm foundation, it is a setup for the future. The ground is corrected. After the ground is corrected, sand is brought in, gravel, and even uh, before you pour the concrete, you must have rebar in place. Rebar is the ugliest metal, yet so expensive, but such a vital element to a strong foundation. Then the concrete arrives in its liquid gold. It takes time and patience to smooth it all over, at a, a, smooth it all over an entire surface of a foundation. Now, those of you that built a house, you know how important the foundation is. Y'all know that. Wayne and uh, uh, y'all have been through that. And so you know how important it is to... Uh, to have that foundation right, and if the foundation is not right, you know it's not gonna it's not gonna happen, and that's so. It's got to have it's got to be cured. It's got to it's got to be just right because ground by itself is not stable, and uh, and that's why they put that rebar in there, and you you know you get that in there, and and so it it makes everything just right. When we live when we moved to uh, uh, from San Angelo to Wharton many years ago when I was still working. And we had a house built there, and, and we were building. We bought a piece of property, an acre and a half or something like that. And so we were having, having a, had to have the foundation just like from foundation on up. And one of the things we learned down there in that part of the country, because there's so much clay, that ground moves and shifts and cracks and does all kinds of oddball things. So one of the things they recommend in foundations down there is you put cables through there with what they call stress cables. And you have to put them in there and tighten them to the point, you know, where it, rebar is just not good enough. You have to have those stress cables in there running both ways so it, it keeps a, a stress on that so it doesn't 
crack or give way on there. So the, you know, we learned something there. You know, it's there's different places require different things in the foundation. So just a little tidbit of information there. We learned uh, when when you build a house, there's a lot that goes into it. And uh, so anyway, we'll see more here as we go. After the foundation is laid, the metal goes up. Then it's a framework. Electrical is run. Uh, plumbers do their thing and so on and so forth. Finally, after everything is built, it's a fabulous facility. Wouldn't you all agree this is a great facility, right? I know we skipped a lot of steps, but bear with me. It's time for, it's time for the grand opening. Everyone came from afar, from far and, and wide to see the facility. When everyone walked in, they looked up at eye level and up from there saying, wow. Not, every, not very many people look down and say, wow. Don't get me wrong, some do, but not many. That's the crazy people that look on it. Probably the guys that involved in foundation laying, they're saying, boy, that's a good foundation. Got a few cracks here, but it's good. You know, but anyway, there are people that do it. What a foundation underneath all this. They're saying all that. Um, my point is no one notices the foundation unless there is a problem with it. If there's a problem in the foundation, it puts the entire building in jeopardy. A building can be glorious, yet the foundation is the most important part. It holds the greatest part of the weight and the most expensive part of the building. Nevertheless, it is also the most, it is, it is the most expensive part of the building. In other words, when we laid the foundation of this building, that's probably the most expensive outlay of one single thing as in any of the rest of the building. And nevertheless, it's also the most inconspicuous part. And if you have done a good job at laying the foundation, your work might be forgotten because of the glory of what gets built on top of it. When you're building a house, that's what you want. You want a foundation that's laid where you don't have any worries about it. Because if you start having cracks in your foundation, then you've got really problems then. So that's why it's so important. You know, thinking about a solid foundation, uh, I was thinking about a, a building, you know, like this one is built, and there's no telling what the depth of this uh, foundation is. But uh, do you know what the depth of the foundation built for the Empire State Building? I'm just using that as an example. You know how deep it is for that building? 20? Think again. No, it's, 50, it's actually 55 foot is what it said, 55 foot. But that's in, that's in New York, so it's a different, you know, straight and everything like that. But, but it's a building that's, uh, you know, 1,454 feet tall or like 1,200 without the radio tower on top of it. But look at that. They, they dug down 55 foot and 8 inches to lay that foundation for that building because that building, just looking it up, I was curious about it, that building by itself, the, the, all the materials that put into that building is 635,000 tons. That's over a million pounds. So, I mean, they had to have a firm, you know, if you just, do you think if they could have built the Empire State Building on this foundation here, how long would it last? Probably wouldn't last very long. That might have been what happened to the Leaning Tower of Pizza. I don't know. I could have. They just didn't put a very firm foundation. And then there's another building that's only 1,000 foot tall in California, and they had to go 300 foot for it because it's just different strata that they go up. So, you know, people study that kind of stuff, and they know that. So it's, it's something that's very important uh, when you do that. But, you know, after the foundation's poured and all the rest of the building, most people just forget about the, forget about the foundation, but it's very, very important. Set in stone. So imagine what a grace you must possess to be a foundation layer in the body of Christ. Your work is the most important work, yet it's the part that people will not talk about later as believers. Uh, uh, believers' lives continue to grow into the mighty warrior God has intended them to be. So you've got a great foundation, and people may not even know you have a great foundation, um, and they won't be talking about it, but it's very important for that 
and, and so it is a great grace that you possess to be a foundation layer in the body of Christ. This was the foundational work Paul was engaged in at the school of uh, Tyrannus for a two-year period. That's why he couldn't, he would later write in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 3 and verse 10, he says, according to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it and let each one take heed how he builds on it. According to the grace of God. See, Paul didn't take all the credit. He says, according to the grace of God, that makes me a wise master builder. He's saying, God, give me the grace to be a wise master builder. Laying the foundation was Paul's part. It was equivalent to saying, I planted, I started, I laid the foundation. This is my grace. Now let another, now another is building on top of it. Paul was not disturbed that somebody was building on top of his foundation. That's normal. People lay a foundation so they can, they can build on top of it. It's just like building a house. You know, most of the time there's a contractor that does the foundation, then there's a contractor that does the framing, another contractor does the plumbing, another contractor does the level. You know, they're, they're, not, con they're not concerned as long as that's a good, solid foundation. So uh, that's normal. People lay foundations so they can build on top of it. Paul's part was laying the foundation, and when he was finished with the foundation, his part was over. It was time for the next stage of construction in those believers' lives. And to that effect, he gave this warning. Let each one take heed how he builds. The word how comes from the Greek word pos, P-O-S, pos. In this context, it refers to the how of the building process, the kind of methods, the kind of motivation, and the kind of materials used to build on the solid foundation that has been laid. In other words, Paul was saying, let every man take heed concerning the quality of what he is building on top of the strong foundation that was laid. You know, what he's saying here is, I've laid, a, I've laid a solid foundation. I've laid the solid foundation, and that's what we have, the solid foundation of Jesus Christ. And what he's saying is, let every man take heed how he builds. Uh, in other words, he's saying, my foundation is the a, is a solid rock of Jesus Christ. There is no altering of that. You build according to this foundation, or what you build is not in, in line with the, with the precepts of, of uh, that part of it. That's what he basically is what he's saying. I like this. Um, um, there's a commentary by Matthew Henry on this particular verse, and he says this part where he's saying, let every man take heed. He says, but let every man take heed. There may be bad building on a good foundation. See, we could have a foundation of the, of the things you've been taught, but there could be bad building on that by some preacher that's teaching greasy, greasy grace or something like that. That's what he's saying, you know. I mean, there's things like that that goes on all the time. Nothing must be laid upon it but what the foundation will bear and what is a, 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 of a peace with it. Let us not dare to join a merely human or a carnal life with a divine faith, the corruption of sin with the profession of Christianity. Christ is a firm, abiding, and immovable rock of ages everywhere every way able to bear all the weight that God himself or the sinner can lay upon him. Neither, neither is there salvation in any other. So you just got to be careful what you listen to in, in those cases. The word how comes from, the, I said that, uh, let every man take heed concerning the quality of what he is building on top of the strong foundation that was laid. Now this takes us back to Hebrews 6, which informs us on what is needed to lay the right kind of foundation in our Christian lives, the prerequisite for everything that is built on top. The writer used 
that Greek word, themelios, the word for foundation, which as a reminder means something that is set in stone, a foundation that cannot be easily moved or shaken or something so solid that it will endure the test of time. By using the word themelios, the writer was making a vital point for us to get if we are serious about our walk with God. He was saying that our understanding of repentance and, and to take it further, our understanding of all six of the elementary principles that the writer goes on to list should be set in stone. These truths should be rock solid in our lives that we are, that we are immovable and unshakable when it comes to the basic and essential doctrines of Christ. So when we get these six uh, things here, these six principles that we're going to get here, then we, we should be immovable and unshakable when it comes to the basic and essential doctrines of Christ. But as we've seen, this is sadly not the case for many believers in today's, in today's church. In fact, a majority of regular church-going Christians are most likely not able to provide an accurate definition of these six foundational principles of doctrine. This should be very alarming to all of us because it reveals that most believers are in a stunted state of spiritual maturity. Are there any stunts in, or stunted people in here? Any runts? You ever, you ever had a litter of pigs or something like that or whatever they call it and then one little pig ends up being a runt? It's because he's not being fed properly, one thing, you know. And so, you know, this church here, you're going to get some feeding and you're going to get some good stuff. Stick with it. Regardless of their age, age or how many years they've, they've been saved, most of these believers are like the 60-year-old man we talked about last week sitting on his little chair at his tiny desk in kindergarten. If they still can't articulate an answer to such a simple question as how would you define this elementary doctrine as far as God is concerned, they are still in spiritual kindergarten. The writer goes on in Hebrews 6 to list the fundamental doctrines that are essential to, uh, for us as believers to know in order to lead our lives accurately and to come to correct spiritual conclusions about life, the challenges that we face and the decisions we have to make. You all facing any challenges in your life nowadays? Every one of us are facing challenges, especially in these times. And, and, the, and we have to make decisions day to day on the things we want to believe. Uh, repentance from dead works, number one. Number two is faith towards God. The, number three is the doctrine of baptisms. Number four is the laying on of hands. Resurrection from the dead is number five. And number six is the doctrine of eternal judgment. The first fundamental doctrine used are listed as essential for you and me is repentance. Thank God for repentance. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. Let me stop here and ask you, do you really know what repentance is? You'll be amazed how many people can't explain what the word repent means. But according to this verse, this is the first fundamental doctrine of a person's faith. If someone doesn't know what repentance is, that person may not even be saved because it's impossible to be saved without the act of repentance. If a person doesn't understand what the Bible says about repentance, he may not even understand his need to repent or to be saved. Wow, that's, that's pretty heavy right there. You can see what a vital element repentance is to the foundation of your faith in Christ. And the same is true with the second foundational uh, doctrine of faith towards God. If a person doesn't understand what the Bible says about faith towards God, that person may not even be saved. This is faith that's rooted in Christ alone, not in a person's works, not in anything man can do, 
A knowledge of this kind of faith is absolutely essential in building a right foundation in God. Did you know that most cults are not based on Christ alone? They're not. They're built on person's works. Most cults are. One of these days we'll do a study on cults. But that's, that's why it's so important for us to learn these foundational doctrines is because if you're ever confronted by a cult or somebody that believes differently than you, you should be able to speak to these things when it comes to that because they can, let me tell you, I've had people come to me. I mean, uh, probably all of us have had uh, Jehovah's Witnesses or, or Mormons or somebody come around and try to convert you, you know, to that. You need to be able to speak to what you believe, and that's, why, that's what we're learning here. This same type of reasoning can be extended all the way through the doctrine of baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection from the dead, and the doctrine of eternal judgment, not internal, eternal judgment. Your, your copy may say internal, but anyway, mine was said inter eternal, but it's, that's what it's supposed to be. Eternal judgment. It is so important that we know what the Bible says about all six of these foundational doctrines. And once we've established, we're established in them, we can graduate to further realms of learning in Christ. So let's do a little looking back. Are you established in the six foundational principles? If you're not able to answer yes to that question when it comes to your own understanding of these fundamental doctrines, that is about to change. I believe you will have a much greater, better grasp grasp on all six of these vital truths before the end of this class. Vital understanding that you can help impart to your spouse, your children, your family, your friends, your co-workers, even to people in Walmart you might come across. When you know the Bible, when you know the Bible, you think right. You know, when you know the Bible, you're thinking right. You, got, you're, you're, you know how to think right. When you know the Bible, it gives you a sense of what is right and what is wrong. How many of you know we need this in this time of deception? I think we're living in the greatest age of deception, just like the Bible says, you know, there's going to be a time of great deception, and I think we're in the beginning, and it's just going to get worse. Proverbs 9, verse 3, uh, verses Verse uh, 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The fear of the Lord is rooted in your obedience to and alignment with the words of the Lord. His truth is revealed in His Word. This is where real wisdom, real knowledge, and real common sense come from. And as we saw last week, when the Word of God plays a prominent role in your life and you live in obedience to its truth, it brings you to a state of spiritual adulthood where you're able to wisely handle the affairs of your life. A lot of people are not wisely handling the affairs of our, their life. I can, we can see that all the time in everyday's business. I can assure you that this is what you want for yourself. You want it for your family and for your friends. We all want to be spiritual adults. We don't want to be spiritual infants for the rest of our lives who, will still, who still live on only milk. So let's now begin a study next week on each of these six elementary principles that God tells us are vital ingredients for the strong foundation we must have in order to build our life in Christ the way God intends. We, can build, we can't build the strength and height of the calling and purpose he has ordained for our lives on spiritual sand and rebar. We have to pour the concrete. We have to dig deep and pour the concrete. We have to do this in God's way every step of the way. 1 Corinthians, again, we'll read 1 Corinthians 3.10. Once again, according to the grace of God, which is given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let, let each one take heed how he builds on it. 
We're working on building our lives in God in such a manner that we can attain the full measure of our divine purpose for being on this earth. That should be our, that should be our goal in each one of us is to, to attain the full measure of our divine purpose for being on this earth. We're only here for a short period of time. We need to be working in that divine purpose. Philippians 3.14, Paul writes, he says, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That's a great one right there to end with. So next week at 6.30, repentance. What is it, what it isn't, and how to do it. I believe this will be a this will be a breakthrough moment because I think there's a great misunderstanding about repentance and how to use repentance and how to, how, to, how to work repentance in your life. Without repentance, where would we all be? Wow. I mean, even before we were born again, but even after we're born again, repentance is so important. That's good, wasn't it? It was great. I'm looking forward to repentance. I'm looking forward to each one of them. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you. That, we, that you inspired and, and give wisdom and knowledge to these writers in the New Testament, Father, to write down these things for our edification, for our growth in the, in the Word of God, Father. And we need these things every day, Father. And we live in a time now where we need this even more than ever before, I believe, because there's so much deception in this world. And, the, and, the, and the, the evil one is running around scared to death because he knows his time is short and he's trying to deceive as many people as they need as he can father and there's so many things going on but father we need wisdom we need knowledge and we need these foundational truths because father our our purpose a part of our purpose is to go out and preach and teach the word and to and spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to every person we can come in contact with so father help us to be bold uh, to do that but first of all further father help us to be uh, have that desire in our heart to be the best students of the word that we can be to learn these things to use them to apply them to our life to apply them to every situation we come in uh, where we come in contact with someone that may confront us about the truth of the bible father we know that the word of god is true in every way every word and father we thank you for that word of god and the strong foundation that we have every time we read it so thank you father for it thank you for each person that's here tonight with that desire in their heart to learn and to grow and to move on, to be promoted, to go up to higher levels, Father, and to, to attain that uh, divine grace, Father, even further. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us. We want to thank all of you who give to our ministries here at AOL Church. It's because of you that all of this is possible. You can give now by clicking the link below. And if you haven't already, subscribe and share this message. It helps us reach more people and share the gospel through you. Be sure to stay connected to us through our Church Center app, our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and follow us on social media like Facebook and Instagram. May the Lord bless you and keep you. His face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you peace. Thanks again for listening. Go and make a difference today.